Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Centennial Podcast. And today we have another fun episode lined up. Uh, so today we're actually going to talk about two different things. First, we're going to start off talking about a hypothetical, totally hypothetical trade of what if Ottawa was to um, get Mark Andre Fleury from the Vegas Golden Knights. And then we're going to go into a bit of an armchair GM segment where uh, myself, um, other Matt and Bennett will all give um, trades. We think the Sens can make in the off season to hit cap floor. And, um, and yeah, and, and we'll go from there. So um, I guess we'll just start off going with the Mark Andre Fleury uh, hypothetical. So right now, Mark Andre Fleury is, uh, is well, I mean, he did play in the first game of the Western conference final. Um, but he has been really riding shotgun to uh, Robin Leonard for uh, most of the playoffs, other than like the first round where they were kind of swapping in and out. Um, but anyway, so Mark Andre Fleury has a no trade clause for the next two seasons, excluding the the current one, um, and he's got a cap hit of seven million. But next year he's paid six and a half million with no signing bonuses, and the following year he's paid six million, no signing bonuses. So he has a higher cap hit than he's getting salary, even if just by a bit. Um, but we kind of brought it up um, in our own chat on what possibility there'd be for the Sens to acquire Flurry, just to have kind of that veteran presence in the locker room, but also have just kind of a decent starting goalie, not someone who's gonna make us become a playoff team, but not a guy who's a bum either. Um, and what that would look like. So, I mean, other Matt, you're you're a resident goalie guy. So, did you want to hit this one off on uh, what you think? I mean, Allen is too. I don't want to forget that Allen also stops pucks, similar <laughs> to me with my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, chatter about Sen's goalie. Uh, sends goalie depth going forward and it it's interesting because recently we we saw that the matt murray trade uh speculation kind of came out of nowhere and with that it, it, a lot of questions are coming up well where is nielsen at with his with his like concussion issues and so it it kind of leads me to believe if Nielsen isn't good to go, we, we genuinely need a goalie. Mm -hmm. And I think trading for an asset like Matt Murray just isn't the best route to go. Um, considering how many goalie prospects you have. And, um, if we did, I mean, flurry is one of those perfect cap, uh, like, weaponizing your cap space and if we traded for him we get an asset back and is that the worst thing in the world to do for the ottawa senators not at all like i mean it makes perfect sense uh just considering that we have all this cap space and why not use it and especially you get a veteran goalie who can work with a guy like marcus hogberg hogberg goes down you bring in either decord or gus and they get time to to spend with with flurry who's won three cups that's all of that like experience that he would bring to the table is is uh, like it it's it like 
it's so intangible and 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 useful for uh, goalies of the future. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's important to talk about the whole Nielsen health thing because I remember at the end of the year, they they like wanted to get him maybe a couple games in, and then that kind of like went off to the sidelines in terms of news. Like I remember it was like, oh yeah, like he might he might come back, and then it was kind of brushed to the side and it wasn't talked about as much. Um, definitely towards the the stoppage. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's ready to go next season. And I mean, I don't like, I feel like he should be able to, I mean, it's been such a long break, but I mean, if he's still having bad, like concussion symptoms or what have you, then um, sidelining him and putting him on LTIR and, and uh, getting another goalie isn't a bad idea, especially one with um, the resume that that flurry brings to the table i just i don't know if vegas sees him as someone weighing their roster down in terms of salary um i mean they are in the the top like 10 in the league for for their salary cap situation they don't have a lot of cap space so i mean they might just be willing to give them up but at the same time like none of their important contracts are coming up this year so they're not in a pressure situation. The only thing that would pressure them is if they see Robin Leonard as being someone who they re- want to resign for, let's say, five years, five million, or something like that, hypothetically, okay? Um, then that'll create an issue where they need to get rid of either Flurry or find somebody else on their roster that they think is expendable. Um, so I don't know really what what Vegas plans to do. I mean, Flurry's put up respectable numbers over the last uh, few years. Um, not like guns blazing, you know, Vesna caliber, but like serviceable goaltending. Um, so I don't know. I think it's like an interesting situation. I think if Vegas does see him as the kind of player that would be a salary cap or sorry, a salary dump situation, that it might be something that Ottawa should pick up on because I don't see it really being bad. Like I feel like the Sens would get an asset back if Vegas was the one feeling the kind of the crunch of the salary cap. And then, um, like I said, you put Nielsen on, on long-term IR and, and, uh, or if he is ready to go, I mean, you could always ship him off and get, you know, a late round pick back for him. Yeah. I, I really like what Nielsen has brought to the table and I don't think trading assets to get a guy like Matt Murray, who has had like a down season, and there are questions about his health, this, that, and the yeah. other thing. So if we're to, like, I've seen trades where it's like first round pick for Matt Murray. I'm like, I just, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although it you looks know. like our New York Islanders pick in the first round is going to be almost a second at this point. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep outperforming what people thought they would. So, yeah. At this point, like just trade out of the, if you can get two seconds for that first, like, I guess do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or bring in a younger asset as opposed to using that pick on, you know, JJ Paterka or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Alan, what are your thoughts as our other goalie guy? Yeah, no. Uh, well, what I was thinking is when you brought up the flurry, um, that there wouldn't be any pressure to trade them. Remember, Seattle's coming. And they either they have to decide if Flurry's going to be their guy or if Leonard's going to be their guy. Because oh, Seattle, uh, 
Vegas is exempt from yeah, the Seattle expansion. What, yeah. what kind of garbage yeah. ass garbage oh, is that? Oh, trust me, I know it's bullshit. Why yeah. are they? Wait, yeah. are you serious? Yeah, yeah they are. They're Why? exempt because they're Man, a, they're an expansion. Every <laughs> an expansion team that's been in the Stanley Cup Finals and the every Western time. Conference Finals. They've all, wait, they were knocked out of the first round, right, by San Jose a couple years ago. So they've been to a Cup Final, first Last round year. loss, and now they're in the Conference Final. <laughs> <laughs> and they're yep. exempt. That makes oh, sense. Man. Well, then never mind. I guess they get to keep both. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I. I. Uh. Yeah. I think Vegas probably ends up keeping Flurry. Uh. Ultimately. Uh. I would. I mean, for all the reasons that other Matt talked about, I'd be down for us to get Flurry. Although I do have to point out. Um. You mentioned like that he still puts up serviceable NHL numbers. I mean his. Save percentage in the last three seasons from 2017-18 to the cur- to the most recent season, uh, 927, oh, 913, and 905. So he's definitely trending in the wrong direction. And if we're talking about, you know, trading something to acquire a 35-year-old goaltender with a 905 save percentage, I don't really know what we're getting there except the intangibles that you talked about. But, I mean, personally, I think that, you know, he can submit a 10-team modified no-trade clause and i think that he would exercise that option not to come to ottawa because he's gonna want to see if he can squeeze one more cup ring out of his career and yeah i think if we're if we're, we've heard some rumblings about a possible move to toronto i think flurry would like jump on that a lot more but that being said i personally don't think that uh he moves i think but then uh, they would have to shed contract them. money somewhere else either like paul stastny or somebody that's the only reason why i brought it up is like you said like yeah, uh, I said Flurry was serviceable, and and as you pointed out, he's been on the decline the last couple seasons. But if that's if that's fact, let's say he's on the decline. Well, then why would the why would the Golden Knights hang on to him, right? Why would they not clear up seven million in a cap hit, acquire maybe a better defenseman or somebody that'll help them uh, be able to push for a cup if they don't get one this year, um, then push for a cup next year or push to defend a cup um, again next season if they do win this year. I don't know. I think that I think that definitely on that roster, yeah. Flurry is the most yeah. expendable when you look at his contract hit and what he brings to the table. That's that's kind of why I brought yeah, it definitely. up. Definitely. And I thought it might be a cool hypothetical to to talk about on the podcast here. But um, before we that get to our next segment, I'll just uh, tell everybody, and, and we'll do a little preaching here. But um, we have uh, our account here, the Centennial, on on our social medias, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. So uh, give us a follow on there. Um, we like interacting with people, so you can reach out to us on any of them, and we'll definitely get back to you and respond. Uh, and then we're on Google Play, on iTunes, and on Spotify. So give us a follow on there. And with that being said. We'll move to the armchair GM portion, and I'll let Bennett take things from the top. But essentially, what we did, <laughs> um, Bennett, I know you got a lot of love for yours for publishing that. But anyway, we went on Cap Friendly, and we essentially looked at all our assets. And uh, myself, Bennett, and other Matt all made trades and signings that we thought made sense for the team. Not tried to make stuff like, oh, yeah, we'd love to see them sign Petrangelo or something like that, right? We didn't do anything like that. But we decided what would be realistic trades that the Senators would make or realistic signings. And we plugged that into Cap Friendly and kind of see, tried to see what we would get. So I'll let Bennett take things from the top and he can kind of go through what he did and we'll go from there. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I think uh, the biggest thing heading into the uh, the next season, the 2020-21 season, is going to be reaching that cap floor. Uh, the Suns had a lot of RFAs and UFAs this summer, uh, some of which are almost certainly going to be re-signed, others of whom we don't know and can either assume not or assume maybe. Uh, I also penciled in a couple of potential trades that the or trade targets at the very least that the Suns could go for in order to bring on some salary as well as possibly plugging a hole in the roster for like a year or two. Um, so, I mean, I see two potential trade targets the Suns could go for as uh, Milan Lucic, uh, who brings to the table a contract of a contract hit of 5.25, uh, sorry, 5.2 million. Um, currently, and also uh, Jake Gardner from Carolina, who has a four million cap hit. Um, I think that the Sens could use some experience on the left hand D for another couple seasons while we wait for some of our defensive prospects to come up. I think the Sens have a history, and DJ Smith has a history of like acquiring former Leafs players to come play for the Sens. So I see that one as like not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, Lucic, just a uh, you know, kind of a kind of a famously bad contract, but something that wouldn't really be an issue for Ottawa, and adding some some grit and some experience and some leadership to our young forward core for a couple seasons wouldn't be a terrible idea. Um, now, I I honestly just kind of penciled in some placeholders for like what kind of return descends would send their way. I mean, some picks, some of our. Uh, goalie or defense prospects, but that's not really a big deal. Just an idea of, uh, you know, whether those kind of trades would be a benefit to the Sens or not. And I think that they could be. Now, I don't know that they necessarily happen or if something similar happens, but it's something to consider. Uh, beyond that, uh, I picture the Sens re-signing uh, Rudolph Balsers, Connor Brown, uh, Joey Decord. Obviously, he's uh, he had a really great year in Belleville. Uh, Anthony Duclair, uh, Nick Paul for uh, you know another couple seasons. Chris Tierney, I think. Well, we're still waiting for some of our younger centers to develop. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately our our roster next year isn't going to be massively different from our roster this year. I see a couple of names in the bottom of the lineup being switched around, and I think that most of our our most important RFA and UFA signings, uh, who I see as Anthony Duclair. And as Connor Brown, sorry, Anthony Duclair and Connor Brown, I think those deals get done. And I think that our top six remains mostly unchanged with the exception of, uh, I think, Jake Batherson breaks into that. And then beyond that, I'm most interested to see how the Sens draft this summer, I think, like all Sens mm-hmm. fans. <laughs> Just uh, twiddling our thumbs, eagerly awaiting for the draft. Because that's, that's going to change the face of our franchise for... Years well, to come. One thing that I was just wondering about is you had Ottawa getting Milan Lucic back, but we don't actually get any mm-hmm. other asset from Calgary. So did you just forget to yeah, put Yeah, a... I, I saw that as well, <laughs> and I was like, if we're only getting Lucic in this, giving up a goalie prospect and a third, I'm out. I'm yeah, out. so... <laughs> Yeah, you're, because because you're saying that yes. we're doing Calgary a favor by yes. allowing yeah. so to shed contract. I was wondering if you. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. So I that's guess if true. we're taking. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I just, I just don't think players want to come to Ottawa. Does I Luchy think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> uh, uh, here, I'm pretty sure that he does have um, some kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'll check if he does because I think you you might be right 
Um, and I, I know that he's like a West Coast guy. I'm pretty sure he's from the Vancouver area. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, he has a no movement clause uh, next year. So he can actually, his no trade clause doesn't kick in to, till next summer. So um, let's okay. see here. So it just says no movement clause, but his no trade clause doesn't kick in till the 2021-22 season. Yeah. Anyway, so. Okay. Yes, so yeah, the season so happens, technically you can still be traded. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I think that um, that the Senators could probably get another asset back from the Flames, whether it be one of their their first or second round picks in in one of those deals. I feel like. Calgary would have to send something back for to make it worth the center's while. Otherwise, there's there's not really much point with making that trade. But um, but yeah, because Calgary. Yeah, I suppose I suppose that's true. That's I fair, honestly that's didn't fair. really think about that. But uh... I was just kind of penciling <laughs> in some things. I mean, obviously, like I have no idea what players are worth or what uh, you know what assets teams value and what they don't. I mean, it's basically just an exercise and like just picking random things right. to go back and forth. That. We're just jerks and we're being picky yeah, on you. Yeah, that's so. that's basically what it boils yeah. down to. <laughs> which is, which is to say which is to say I'm about as talented as a as a GM as Benning. you know Peter Shirelli. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, I give, that right. I give Benning a hard time, but I guess technically, I mean, I don't know how much constructing he really did with that roster, but uh Vancouver's actually been pretty solid, so can't give him too much luck, I guess. Yeah. I mean, JT Miller, Pearson, Toffoli. It's it's looked pretty good that roster. I mean, obviously they lost in in game seven to Vegas, but I mean it's Vegas like pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'll let you, I'll let you uh, get to your roster now, other Matt, and what trades you did. <laughs> other Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so my my roster uh kind of looks drastically different than uh than Bennett's and this. Uh, past years so I'll start with one of the the smaller ones um, I shipped Mike Riley off to Vegas for a fifth round pick in 2021 I believe uh, or uh, not Vegas sorry Winnipeg and Winnipeg needs goalie or uh, holy <laughs> defense depth and uh, Riley kind of fits that mold uh, obviously not as good as a uh, Dylan DeMello and I would assume DeMello would be re-signing there if he doesn't get any other lucrative offers. Um, but, uh, look for Winnipeg to, to actually sign so, some form of defenseman that's, uh, you know, decent. Um, and then I ship off, uh, our good boy, Chris Tierney to the Anaheim Ducks for a 2021 second and a 2021 third. Uh, that to me just kind of makes sense. They're going to need some veteran, uh, centered and depth. And frankly, looking at their roster, they don't have many centers as it is that are NHL ready. So I think it just kind of makes sense for them. They have, uh, they have the picks. Uh, now it's, now it's just time to sort of put together a, a roster. Uh, and then we get to sort of more interesting territory. Um, I traded with, uh, uh, it gets more interesting with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I trade for the RFA rights and a contract for Dylan Strom, a five-year, $5 million contract 
And in return, Chicago gets Vitaly Abramov and a 2022nd round pick that is uh, belonging to Dallas. Now here, I've seen Dylan Strom's names shopped around a lot. Um, and I, I just don't know if there's really a spot for Abramov when it comes to uh, being on the Sens. Whereas like, I can just see him in Chicago just thriving because... Uh, look at what Alex Debringit brought. I, I think Abramoff has that like boomer bust potential. And uh, they're not going to say no to a, a second round pick as well. And then finally, uh, I I get interesting and I go over to the uh, the old Vancouver Canucks and I say, listen, I'll give you a second round pick and I'll take somebody off your hands, but I need something good. And they say, sure, why not? So I say, all right. Give me Louis Erickson, but I'm also taking Vasily Podkolzin. And uh, we get a done deal there. And, I mean, Vancouver gets a second-round pick out of this, which is value. And they're getting, like, they're getting $6 million off their their books. And for a team that is struggling to... To you know, make some make some signings. Who because realistically, they're they're going to need money for a Pedersen and a Quinn Hughes contract. Uh, where does Pod Colson fit in there? Um, at the moment, not really well. So uh, Pod Colson sort of comes into Ottawa's uh, uh, Ottawa's uh, market, and he has the opportunity to become a, a really good player for us. And signing wise, uh, the team. I signed Connor Brown to a, a four-year, $4 million deal. Anthony Duclair to a five-year, $4 million deal. Uh, I rounded out Balsers to a, a million-dollar deal. Nick Paul, uh, Jace Harlock. Um, you know, I I did go and sign hometown boy Mark Borbietsky, uh, and I, I signed uh, Christian Yaros. But realistically, what I was looking to do is kind of bring in uh, a young player who's still finding their way in the league in Dylan Strom, who realistically could come in and be our top line center. And uh, I can see uh, Strom playing with Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson on the first line. Our second line looks like Logan Brown, Connor Brown, and Anthony Duclair. Third line is Colin White, Rudy Balsers, and Jace Harlock. And our fourth line is... Anisimov, Nick Paul, and Bobby Ryan. And of course, Louis Erickson is the six million dollar man sitting on the bench. <laughs> our uh, our uh, 2021 <laughs> Mikel Bodker, essentially. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, our goalie yeah. depth is the same with Anders Nilsson and Marcus Hogberg. Um, our defense is Tommy Shabbat and Artem Zub. Uh, then you have Christian Wolanin playing with Nikita Zaitsev. And then our last D pairing is Mark Borbietsky and Eric Brandstrom with Christian Yaros as our sixth or our seventh. Four returns confirmed. So <laughs> exactly. And I, I'd love to see it. We, after that, still have $12 million in cap space. And we can likely utilize that later on. But this is just sort of something... That I, uh, you know, put together. And this is barring any of our, our first round picks from uh, that we're going to be drafting. So uh, it's a totally different team. Yeah, no, uh, that uh, Pod Colson trade, I was like, ooh, that would be very interesting. Because I didn't even think of that uh, when I did my deal with the Canucks, which we'll get to. It was, it was a bit of a blockbuster. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, 
I don't know if it's a little overkill, but we'll see. We'll see. But I'll start out with a smaller trade that I did. And um, I was looking at different lineup combinations, and I saw that the Capitals had pretty weak left pairing defense uh, depth, especially when you get to their their bottom left-hand defenseman and Jonas uh, Siegenthaler. He's not that great. Um, and so I was looking kind of at, uh, at some of the... the the points and stuff like that and i figured that washington could use a left-hand defenseman in mike riley so just like matt i also traded mike riley and uh for the exact same thing a 2021 fifth <laughs> which is pretty funny um wow <laughs> but i traded him to washington for vegas's fifth round pick so uh yeah um and then in the next trade i did um again like other matt i also traded vitaly abramov um, but this time to Philadelphia. And so what I thought was was good was I was also doing the same lineup combinations um, on daily face-off because they have a great uh, lineup combination that anybody wants to check out different teams' lineups, then plug for them, I guess, that I'm not paid for. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> they're not they're not playing Shane Gossespierre at all. He's 4.5 mil, I believe, of just dead cap sitting on their roster. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, Philadelphia is not playing him. They're not going to want him. So I thought Ottawa gets Shane Gossespierre and Philly's 2022nd in exchange for Vitaly Abramov and um, Ottawa's from Winnipeg 2023rd that they got in the DeMello trade. So Ottawa essentially moves up about a round with their pick. They take on the salary of Shane Gossespierre and then they give up Vitaly Abramov because Shane Gossespierre isn't a plug. I think that he can actually be a redeemable piece that can actually bring something to the table in a new setting. So I thought that was a fairly fair trade. Um, now, my big trade that I made was I was looking at Vancouver this season, and I was like, what I was thinking they could use is someone to help bolster their penalty kill, be a two, a good two-way player, give them a bit of offense in their in their bottom six. So I thought, what about Chris Tierney? So... Ottawa essentially would send, well, re-sign Chris Tierney, um, or, I, yeah, I guess re-sign him. It would make the most sense. Re-sign him. So I had a two-year, $3 million deal. I mean, if he takes a bit more to get done, then that's fair. I mean, he did have almost a 40-point season this year. Um, but I'm just hypothetical, two-year, $3 million deal. Um, and I'm sending the second-round pick, 2020 uh, New York Islander pick that the Senators uh, got in the Pajot trade to Vancouver. In return, Ottawa would get Louis Erickson, of course, um, but they would also get Sven Barchi because Sven Barchi's contract is $3.36 million, and he's just sitting in the minors. The Vancouver Canucks literally tried to bury, uh, like, well, I mean, you can only bury a, a certain amount of money, but they tried to bury his contract in the minors, and so they're obviously looking to get out of it, especially for next season. They need more cap space to add to their team, I think, if they want to make a run. Um, they were looking quite good this year, so why not try to go for it in the next couple of years? So Chris Tierney's now to their roster, so we would get Sven Barchi, Lou Erickson, and then I figured we would get a prospect back, and I think the Sens need to add right-handed defensive depth, so I put Jet Wu as coming back. Um, now, because we're giving up that second-round pick, I figured, well, Jet Wu was a second-round pick, and um, still a, 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 a well-touted prospect, not blue chip, but well liked and then we'd also get vancouver's 2021 first seeing as they're likely to be i would say a definite um top three team in the pacific with how they're trending so i feel like that could be a late first and uh yeah that's kind of my blockbuster trade 
Um, and then essentially our roster would be uh, Kachuk, White, and Batherson on the top line, uh, Duclair, Norris, and Brown. And I have Brown and Duclair being re-signed um, at four times four deals because I figured that they both put up similar production. Uh, they're about the same age, I think, pretty close to it. And I figured that four times four was a fair deal for both of them, but I would be willing to be more flexible on that, but that's just what I put. Um, so yeah, they're centered by Norris. And then on the third line, I have Sven Barchi with Anisimov and Bobby Ryan. And then fourth line of Erickson, Paul, and Balsers. And then on defense, it would be Shabbat, uh, Zub, Gosses Bear, and Brandstrom. And then Wolanin and Zaitsev with Yaros being a healthy scratch. And uh, And yeah, so... That's kind of what I went with. I didn't touch goalies because uh, I, I don't know. It's it's a tough call. And there's stuff I know swirling about Murray and I know our hypothetical about Flurry, but I don't know what the Sens are going to do with that. And I didn't want to like go gung-ho on, on all these trades because I don't think the Sens are going to go ham and make all these trades out of left field. So that's kind of where I stopped things with mine. You think we could trade one of our goalie prospects for Corey Conacher? Oh my God! Don't you start. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we should. Uh, you Corey Conacher in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Perry in his prime. Uh, oh yes, I, I'm we're referring back to that now. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh. So how uh, how realistic do you guys think that the trades uh, the trades that we all picked uh like how how if how many if any okay, well, do you see being likely because all, all honestly i don't think the sense make any trades this summer not like nothing, nothing real, real. Like, <laughs> just fake know. trades like we're not we're not a no we're not at like the move making part of our rebuild i would yet. say I out think. of all the ones you guys brought up the most realistic one uh louis erickson yes yeah i think it's the mike riley <laughs> i mean mike <laughs> mike riley for a fifth yeah <laughs> Yeah, for reference, I, that's what I'm referring to when I wow. say that. Wow, yeah. Dude, that fifth <laughs> yeah. could be anything. That fifth could be a Mike Hoffman. You never know. <laughs> there, you never oh, know. Man. That's true. Well, I don't know. Like, it, It's kind of hard to tell. Like, I think Shane Goss's Bear is definitely going to be out there as a name that's available for trade. I don't think Philadelphia wants his contract on the books. Why would they? Why would they be scratching no, him? No, I, I think they want to get so, rid of yeah, him. So, yeah, the only reason I brought that up is because realistically, who do you see on Ottawa's left-handed side? that is good enough to do, to take top four minutes. Well, Landon spent most of the year injured. So while I think that he could get there, I think he's definitely going to need to catch up on his development because he's lost like what a whole, essentially a, a season at this point because of how long it's been since the, the last season ended, if you know what I mean, like quotations. But um, I think he's going to mm-hmm. take a little while to get conditioned into NHL top four ready game shape, if it happens at this point. And I think that Goss's Bear is a guy who who can handle those minutes. So I thought that one wasn't too far-fetched. I think maybe my one with Vancouver, it's a bit of a, a block blockbuster, I guess. But I mean, it gets Vancouver rid of a lot of cap space, like almost 10 mil. And to take back Tierney, I think, would be quite good for them. But again, uh, I obviously I'm biased. I made the trades, right? So, but um... yeah, no, that makes sense. I think uh, I mean there is probably a good a good chance that like the Sens will make like a trade of some kind with some team in order to take on 
some contract dollars in order to hit you, that cap. You have so to I don't, assume that they need yeah. to, right? Like, yeah, because like I like they could do it. Just like there's enough RFAs and UFAs to resign that like they could do it, but like I think they'd just be like overpaying for like a lot of players. And I mean, which obviously they would be doing the same essentially by acquiring one of those bad contracts. But I, yeah, I don't know. I think that they're going to be more hesitant to, uh, to make, like, a, to overpay for a player that they already have than they would be to just like do a team a solid by like taking on an existing bad contract. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I think I think those trades of the ones that we've all picked are like the most likely, you know. Uh, but it's not going to be, yeah, it's not going to be fun, and it's not going to be like something that really brings us a lot of benefit. Yeah, I mean, if we're ranking like most fun to least fun like the milan lucic deal the, the chris tierney deal and the mike riley deal have to be the least fun whereas like when we take on louis erickson it's going to oh, yeah. be fun no that, that would be <laughs> that would definitely be a trade that i think that the senators would get something solid back whether it be yeah. you know pod and like, or jet Wu or even just you know uh, a first or or even a couple seconds, whatever yeah. it is, Vancouver has the assets to make that interesting for the Senators, and the Senators yeah. have that cap space, and they also have assets. If an asset like a second needs to go back, and like in my trade scenario, they have the assets to make something happen. That's what makes it interesting between Ottawa and Vancouver. Plus, I know this is kind of like maybe a real a bit of a reach, but if you think about it, um, if a player is already playing in Canada and they can be traded to another Canadian team. I think that it's pretty, pretty helpful to do that because the player side of things, you have to remember like moving from a Canadian to a U.S. market, you have to tr- change like a lot of your like cell phone providers, your bank accounts, all that. And I know it sounds stupid, but, but, and they have Naturally. people that help them do that. But I think it is one less thing that a player, if they're going to waive their no trade clause, it's kind of like easy to be like, okay, I'm already in Canada. I mean, the weather is not yeah. as nice in Ottawa as it is in Vancouver, but I mean, I don't think it would be a complete holdup. Plus, there's some Swedish players on our roster, so I think that kind of helps. Like, if I'm... Or a couple Swedish players. If I'm trading with uh, the Flames for the Lucic contract, um, like, I probably want to get a defenseman back. Or Matthew Kachuk. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in a perfect world. But I'd probably be like... Uh, we'll take Shillington and like a third or a second with Lucic, and you can have a a second or whatever. Side note. Um, okay, sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was kind of it. Like, I I think if if anybody was wondering what sort of it would need to look like from the uh f- what we're getting from the Flames, uh, and we're taking on Lucic. That's sort of something it would look like, you know. Yeah, they, no, they have some good assets. Um, it would, yeah, it would just depend on what they would be willing to to give Ottawa. But uh, Shillington yeah. would would be definitely a nice piece. Although, yeah, I was gonna. The side note was that Shillington's last name is so weird that it's spelled like K Y, but it's pronounced yep. Shillington. Like that's got to be one of the weirdest pronunciations in the league. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just a little. You're side really note. right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah no that that's that would be definitely like a, a good prospect or um 
one of Calgary's next first round picks, I think, would have to come back for a Lucic deal to happen. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. Um, I mean, we could always get Corey Perry in free agency for Allen. I know he likes Corey Perry. Ugh. Let, Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um I honestly though I think the Senators like if they don't make uh like a deal um or sorry if yeah if they don't make a trade for one of these kind of outcast players I don't know like I guess they're going to have to like play Balsters on the right side. I mean he's listed as a left wing and a right wing. But um yeah, yeah no the Senators are going to have to make some signings otherwise they're going to have some big glaring holes in their lineup. <laughs> I don't know, but it's 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 going to be an interesting uh, off season for the Sens because they do need to make some signings, they do need to make some mm-hmm. trades, um, and uh, we'll see how that sort of stuff kind of you know. Also, out. for those who are wondering, why did none of these guys say sign Spezza? For me, it's because I have <laughs> Colin White, Josh Norris, Artem Anisimov, and Nick Paul down the middle. And I was like, could Spezza come in and replace Nick Paul? Yes. Or Artem Anisimov? Sure. But it's like, but I don't really know what that stands to gain for the Sens. Like, they're not going to get yeah. anything and in a can, trade for... Can Spezza outskate yeah, Nick and, Paul? And, Probably and like, not. So, like, he would be a nice guy to have for leadership and stuff. But I just don't think the fit is there this season, where I think it might have been there last season. Like, yeah, that's, that's just how I feel. And I, I like Spezza quite a bit. Um. But that's just kind of how I feel on that. Um, yeah, so. Now, if it yeah, was prime Jason Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I kind of want to see you at Artem's Hub. Um, now, uh, how Artem's now Hub I have plays. a. Yeah, sorry. Actually, that, that, okay. That's exactly what I was going to ask about. Because, nice. yeah, yeah, literally, literally. Um, I was about to say, you know, I penciled in Artem Zub on like the third pairing of defense, just because mm. like we don't know anything about. Yeah, him, I put him right? on the first. Threw him right um, into the fire. But whereas, whereas, yeah, both of you guys have him playing. Why not, with Shabbat. man? Um, so I'm just curious why. Uh, well, I just think DJ Smith likes Zaitsev, and I think like it's like it's one of those hobby horses that like people on Sense Twitter love to love to ride about like having like somebody yeah. else partner Shabbat on the first pairing but I yeah, think DJ the, Smith the reason why yeah. I did it is because um, I feel like in preseason especially that they'll try they'll kind of give it a whirl if we have a preseason this year they might actually just cancel it like the NFL did but um, I feel like because the centers don't really have anything to lose by experimenting that um, if if um, what's his face DJ Smith doesn't do it uh, that I know. I actually forgot for a second. Damn. Uh, <laughs> the, coach the coach of our team. The coach of the uh, the team that um, Pierre Dorian speaks so highly of by establishing that we are a team. Um, if he doesn't yep. put uh, Zub with with Shabbat, also, I w- is it pronounced Zub? Because I would love if it's pronounced Zub because that would just be so much more fun. But oh, hundred percent. Oh, but it's man, definitely that makes, Zub. that makes me sad. We though. all know it's definitely. But anyway, um, I think that like Pierre Dorian would kind of urge uh smith to to play him with shabbat just to kind of see especially because zub's been uh labeled as like a a good two-way defenseman in the khl so i would love to just kind of see what he could do um or what he could bring like stability wise we're playing beside shabbat that's just kind of and we all know like like nikita zaitsev's first year in the league was was Mm -hmm. phenomenal 
he was he was awesome uh let's see if zub can recreate that and hopefully dorian signs a bit more of a better contract yeah. <laughs> the thing i like though about the sense taking a chance on zub that I, I don't think we've actually ever really talked about think about how many guys the chicago blackhawks take a ch- like their chances on from the khl and they have quite a few that have panned out now i'm not saying that sense should sign every nhl hopeful player that is is established yeah. in the khl but i think that it's good that the senators aren't shying away from it and especially landing like a like zub that shows that they're not they're actually a considered destination for these players it's not like um the centers are laughing stock over there right um so i think that it, it it's definitely good that they got a signing like that in and hey who knows maybe he will be a solid two-way piece that shabbat needs and he's one year older than shabbat like can we talk about that for a second <laughs> yeah he's, he's 24 he's like if they can success, if he successfully comes in and is able to put up top four um, minutes uh, and be a solid defenseman, that's a win. Like, uh, hopefully, yeah. like, will he be as good projectively as like uh, uh, Panarin or? Uh, who's is it denisov oh. on uh on uh florida um it's an off of some kind <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Dad- 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 uh had a really good yeah, season yeah. like those are are definitely two players that you can kind of look at and say okay they were really good in the khl let's see how it translates wow <laughs> if zub is able to uh you know come in and be a solid top four defenseman you give them solid top four money in like three mil a year as opposed to whatever freaking zaitsev makes then we're good you know <laughs> uh four and a half mil i think for zaitsev for however many yeah. years uh it's three yeah. more after this season lovely well, I will say that uh, regardless of like uh, where Zub lands in the lineup mm-hmm. or if he cracks the lineup, I it's always good to see the Sens as an organization looking for players wherever they yeah. are to be found. Yeah. Uh, I think it's good. You know, you want to have uh, you want to have a combination of sources for you know where you're finding talent, whether it's you know from your own farm system, like through the draft or through Belleville whether it's uh, through trades and free agency or whether it's through, you know, other leagues altogether, like the KHL, I think that's good. Yep. It shows, uh, shows that they're, you know, there's a robust scouting network and that they're not just, you know, picking names off the draft list and just, you know, hoping and seeing what happens. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's good. And a see. bit of a, like an, another bright spot is that there were a lot of teams in on Zub. Yeah. So it's kind of a positive uh for for us as as fans to see that like we got a guy that a bunch of teams wanted and he was scouted by these teams and he was liked by all of these teams and he picked us so let's hope uh this hype sort of translates um and we get a solid defense well i mean he has a chance to establish himself on our top pairing and 
I mean, that gives him great, uh, what do you call that, um, leverage going into contract negotiations if he performs well, right? Because he has one year. He can either prove that he's the right fit for pairing with either Shabbat or whoever else, um, or he flops and that's his chance. So I think that this year he'll he'll really step up and hopefully he continues to play like that if he does earn a, another contract with the Sens. But um, I think yep. that this year will be uh, the ability for him to really shine in the NHL spotlight. So yeah, that's, I don't know. I kind of, I don't have, I don't, I don't, won't say I have high hopes because like uh, you were saying, he's not like a Panarin level player, right? Yep. But, but he is a guy who I have uh, a lot of invested interest in, right? And I think that a lot of Sens fans could say that they, they're very interested in seeing the progression of Zub uh, over the, the next season, whenever that actually starts. <laughs> in january or whatever is the speculated date but yeah uh yeah so so yeah um and i guess on that note not not an overly long episode today but i thought it was a fun episode to to um at least talk about and when your chops chops. definitely good way of saying it uh so yeah so um with that being said, thanks to everybody who's who's listened to this episode, and uh, we'll be back with another episode in the next couple of weeks. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye now. Have a good one.